burglars, fire, and carbon monoxide, too. Sounds really scary. You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane by two new but huge fans of the show. I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm Michael LaFaver. And today we're reviewing the final three episodes of season one of Down Gilead Lane, episode 11 on our return to Gilead. Let me give all the context stuff off the top so we can get it out of the way. This time we're going to be reviewing. Wait, actually, so if I could ask, yes, what are we doing here? What's going on with this whole season finale thing? Oh, oh, well, so I have the podcast broken up into seasons as far as the podcast episodes go, because we're following each episode corresponds to an episode of Down Gilead Lane. So this three-parter that you're about to hear is going to be the season finale for Down Gilead Lane of season one. And after this, the way the podcast is going to organize it is it's going to switch over into season two. This is for organization right. because Anchor allows me to do seasons and stuff, and I'm really happy about that. Cool. So, so we're so it's a season finale review of a season finale. You know, I'm thinking the actual seasons are going to happen for us. The true season finales are going to happen at season four, six, eight, and twelve. So for each of those, there's a huge that'll break. be interesting. There's a huge break in the format of Down Gilead Lane. So once we get there those season finales will be a lot bigger because we'll have discussed some huge episodes by that point. Kind so, of discuss eras. Yeah. No, eras. Uh, you want to talk about eras real quick? Just, I think this is an appropriate place to put it. Eras. Sure. We, we've got a long podcast and I have no problem with extending this. So we'll get to all of the context <laughs> information in just a second. But as far as eras of Gilead go, it's really, really interesting. So I have the DGL stats spreadsheet that I've been working on, and it's a super fun project. You can find it on our Linktree link in the description of this podcast or on anchor.fm slash return to Gilead. And there, it seems like the eras of the show are broken up one to four because that's the the Grace saga. And after that, new storylines start for five and six written by Beth Culp. The show is rebooted in season seven with Laurie Twitchell and Steve O'Dell. And for the next two seasons, it's the Morrison family. And then in season nine, there is a huge change, theme music change, character change, time jump. And for the next four seasons, the format is different than it was previously because there are new genres that are being introduced. There are new new characters. There's a a new storyline that goes on for those seasons. So that's what I see as the eras of Gilead. There are three eras and era two is interrupted in the middle by the writer change. So this will be really cool when we get to each of these era changes to be able to talk about it. And that's why I'm saying I think that the seasons of this podcast are probably going to be broken down by eras. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's a decent way to do it because then as far as our organization, we're comparing even as we do seasons of our podcast. For, For listeners, I don't have to say like this season four is the beginning or the end of our season one and the beginning of our season two, y'all know that if you listen to the show, but the season one, episode 13, or season one, episode 11, which is what this one is, that's because this corresponds to Down Gilead Lane, season one, episode 11. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, it will in 20 years. Oh boy, is this going to be out there for that long? I guess it will be. It'll be out there forever. Your grandchildren (laughs) will be like, hey, let's listen to uncle, or let's listen to great grandpa's podcast he did when he was our age (laughs) i wouldn't mind that i think that'd be fun continuing on let me give the context for these episodes today we'll be reviewing episodes 1-11 see no evil hear no evil by beth culp 
1-12, It's All About Me, by Leah Gardner, and 1-13, Like a Good Neighbor, by Beth Culp. Because these three episodes, we're, the recording session we're doing right now is we're reviewing five episodes, and that's kind of hard because it's a lot for us to keep track of. It's a lot of notes that i got to sort through. And so doing this in one long recording works not only for us, but also for these episodes because what starts in See No Evil, Hear No Evil is the end of Grace being introduced to all of the members of the Morrison family. She's introduced to Brooke, and weird things start happening around Coleraine. The start of the episode shows that because with Dr. Kramer being the controversy in the first scene and with the Dr. Kramer stuff continuing for the next couple episodes, these three are clearly linked, even with the previous leads in the next couple episodes. So I thought it made sense to discuss them all at the same time. I don't know if you're down for that, Ryan, but if we can get through it. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Let me read the summaries for each of these three episodes. Summary for See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Turmoil comes to Coleraine when Dr. James Kramer returns to town for a court case. Meanwhile, Brooke overhears something strange from Grace Andrews and decides to investigate. The summary for It's All About Me. As the drama surrounding Dr. Kramer continues, the Morrison kids try to figure out different activities to do while cooped up at home. And the summary for Like a Good Neighbor. John Morrison begins to investigate the secrets of Grace as the tumult in Coleraine reaches its climax. I don't know about you, but these are my favorite episodes of the season so far. I don't know if I would say that they're my favorite. Well, okay. actually, you know, see no evil, fear no evil might be up there. Hmm. Definitely. Like, I really appreciate, like, that episode, the whole, like, conversations between Brooke and Luke are some of my favorite interactions of this season. They uh, are so Especially funny. with his re- his <laughs> repeated teasing of like, you go in, but you don't come out. It just, <laughs> he doesn't stop. He doesn't let up and it's hilarious. No, um, it's, it's great. He's a great foil for her because he she is. is the most mature of the Morrisons and they have really, inter- like it's accurate teenage dialogue. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole episode in and of itself actually is really important to me from a lesson standpoint because one thing that is very important to me is understanding how to manage fear. Yes. I've just had many times in my life where, or like I hit a point in my life where I learned how to manage fear, but there were some people around me who did not. And it was an interesting time in my life where they continued in certain fearful attitudes towards the things that we would face. And it wasn't bothersome to me, but it was bothersome to them And Mm -hmm. it was difficult to see them sort of living in fear and knowing that there's so much better that can be done when you don't live in fear. Mm -hmm. And this episode, approaching it in such a way that you have Haley and Brooke both dealing with situations where something makes them afraid and then learning in two different situations how to handle those situations. And then... Finally, the episode kind of concludes with a third instance of the parents being concerned about something. But in that situation, they say, hey, we're taking precautions, but we do not want you to live in fear. That was really important to me. I was like, oh, that is really good writing because I didn't see the third aspect of like, here's a third third instance of fear hitting somebody and how they handle it. And it fits in with Brooke's situation and it fits in with Haley's, but it's so 
interwoven into the story that it doesn't feel like just kind of thrown in there. It's just like, wow, that's a lot of different angles to take at the thought of like sort of the concept of fear. And it's very beautifully done. This would be a fantastic time to listen to the clip of the day. Shall we do it? Sure. We don't want you to live in fear. Because you'll protect us, Daddy? <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do my best, Timmy, and so will Mom. But we can't protect you from everything. That doesn't help with the fear thing, Dad. Yeah, remember what we talked about this morning, Haley? That I need to think about good things whenever I get scared? Yep. But that was when there wasn't a real thing to be scared of. That was just about my imagination. Yeah, but that doesn't change God's word. Right. A big thing about fear is how we approach it. So things in Haley's imagination were very real to her. And the contrast here is that if we're relying on God, then even though there may be real things in this world and things that we're just thinking of that are are scaring us, even though there are those two, the way we respond to them is the same. Because if we practice with the little things, with the things that we find scary, when something real comes up that's scary in, in a different way, then the precedent that we've set in relying on God and setting our mind on good things and not dwelling on those things, things that I've dealt with, I've seen that this is at least in part true, that what you set your mind on and with Haley's, what, what she, what happened to her, it makes sense. Her, their parents aren't, her parents aren't necessarily against movies, just scary movies that they've told her don't watch. Probably because they're they're not rated great because they've got some not great content for a 12-year-old to watch. I forget how old she is. But then right. with the real situation of the mysterious voice calling in, that is something they could be afraid of. But the same thing applies. Just as you shouldn't dwell on the scary situation of the movie, this isn't something you have to dwell on. Give your fears to God, your anxiety to God. Do not be anxious about anything. And I love that John and Mary practice it themselves that they go to the kids and say, even though we've been telling you all these scary things, we don't want you to live in fear. It's a great way to cap off the first episode, even though the story is continuing to kind of put it at a natural stopping point by talking about fear. And I think the reason that they say like, hey, don't watch these movies, it's not necessarily like, oh, it's rated a certain thing, though I'm sure that applies. But as far as fear is concerned, the reason that they don't want her watching them is because it places ideas into her head about things that could be dangerous when they're mm-hmm. not. And so now all of a sudden she's afraid of burglars and fires and well, all these things. That was a question and of like, though, were those things in the movie? Like when I have, when I see something scary, <laughs> I think the way Odyssey did it was a little bit better because Danny in that episode is fe- like afraid of giant mushrooms taking over Odyssey. Whereas in this one, Haley's afraid of all the terrible things that could happen. Whereas it seems like she would more likely be afraid of the specific thing in that movie. What I got was that all those things were in the movie. Oh. And and oh, like well, she, okay. she specifies that, that it's not a good movie. So I could totally believe that the movie's just about burglars and fires and <laughs> everything that they thought of <laughs> po- that they could possibly throw in to possibly get it a PG-13 rating. Does carbon but, monoxide come from fire? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I actually don't know. No, I don't. No, 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 I'm, not exactly. Well, we need to figure out the plot of this movie. <laughs> The burglars right. carrying poisonous snakes let this compound on fire and they release carbon monoxide. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a scary movie. That sounds like an action movie. I'm confused. It does. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> well, in some Christian sects, they think it's the same thing. But <laughs> Meanwhile, me over here enjoying my um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Continue. Hey, me too. 
but it's about the ideas that the movie gives her that the parents see as their ideas that a certain person could retain and then discern, oh yeah, that's not a problem, I'm fine. But they recognize that Haley's not mature enough for that at this stage and that all those ideas are going to do is burden her with fear. And they don't mm-hmm. want that for her. The funny thing is that Brooke's parallel to this is that she and Luke are trying to figure out what's going on with Grace. And Luke is calling her chicken and like, you should go just talk to her. And he's kind of spurring her on to talk, but also kind of being a little suspicious about it. But then when they go and over here, she's reading the story to Timmy. And Timmy had found her because he and Mr. Key had gone to visit her a couple times. And they overhear her reciting, I think it's Hansel and Gretel, or at least reading that story. And it's so funny because the reputation that had been built up in Brooke's mind about Grace was not so great. And now that she actually hears it, she immediately jumps to, oh, she's insane. It kind of <laughs> works well because the the clip show for the first episode is those clips. And when I heard that, I was like, no, it can't be. She was playing them the whole time. No. Right. It's really funny. Yeah. And I th- they do a good job with it. And I think we hear it. And like, I listen to the episode and I hear Grace saying those things. And I know that she's probably telling a story or something because mm-hmm. she's playing it up far too much for her to be like calling Mr. Key and gloating about how she's going to eat children. Uh, I just thought it was bad acting. <laughs> like, it still works. And Brooke and Luke's reaction is genuinely funny and entertaining to listen mm-hmm. to. You want to contrast that with the way that the Morrison parents handle the situation? Or let's, I think we can go back and say like how every Morrison has dealt with it, uh, dealt with meeting Grace. You want to bring up that real quick? Sure. So I'd say the one word I would use to associate with each kid, Haley's is a conversational encounter. Mike's is a begrudging encounter. Mm-hmm. Justin's is a lonely encounter. Yes. Brooks is a fearful encounter. Timmy's is an enthusiastic encounter. And the parents is a cautious cautious encounter. And since the parents are the last ones to appear, because we built up this trust with Grace, at first it seems like their caution about Grace is unwarranted. And they're not fear of Grace? Well, actually, yeah. They say in the last episode that it was, uh, the last episode of the season, they say that it was kind of a fear of getting to know her more than just a healthy caution that kept them from going to visit and going to see who she was because of her reputation. I love that this episode continues the trend of if the parents need to apologize for something, they do. But it doesn't say that they're keeping the kids from her were, was completely wrong. There were elements of it that were wrong, that were based in fear and based in not wanting to talk to Grace. But there are also other elements that are genuine wanting to keep their kids safe because the last call that they get from the mysterious voice and we can talk about that the whole thread of who that is later but since the last call was keep your kids away from grace that's when they institute the we don't want you talking with grace because there's been a threat but we know their heart was we don't know grace and we don't think we should talk to her yet that was what i think was really well brought out And the resolution when they talk to Grace, it's a small thing. And you might not see it if you weren't paying super close attention to it. But because they both apologized to Grace and to the kids, which was a great move on their part, it's really powerful. One thing about the parents that I appreciate, because the last episode is kind of about obedience to Mm -hmm. parents. Sort of even in a situation where the kids have information, they're like, oh, Grace is fine. Grace is, it's safe to be there. 
Yeah. Their parents have told them not to because the parents haven't had that experience to be able to say, we believe it's safe. And they're the ones in charge of their kids. So they tell them to stay away. And even so, the kids struggle to honor that request to stay away um, from Grace, even though like their heart is in the right place because they want to go help Grace after a storm. The parents make it clear, like, no, you need to obey us even when you even in the situation where you think it's okay to do these things and you want to do genuinely good things it still has to come with obedience to your parents and i really appreciate that the episode doesn't have just that blind obedience to the parents and that right again throughout the series we see the parents making mistakes and i don't know that you would see that on odyssey i don't know that it would be as well represented on odyssey even after like at the end of that episode the parents make it clear you know you weren't right to disobey us and you weren't like you still need to obey us but you were right in the way that you treated grace and you did what we should have done right it shows humility it shows that if the line to a kid such as obey your parents biblically has a mirror that the parents need to learn because there is that in Mm -hmm. the bible there's a place in the bible where it says children obey your parents but then simultaneously it turns back to the parents and says fathers don't don't provoke your sons to anger yes yes there's a there's a one word word that i was looking for but essentially essentially don't provoke your sons to anger don't make it so that your life is hard for your children essentially Mm -hmm. uh um the general idea is not giving rules that place undue burden upon your children mm-hmm. is kind of the idea of that verse. And right. it's really nice and refreshing to hear from a biblical source or, or like a Bible-based source lessons for parents and children alike that doesn't put undue focus on one or the other at the expense of yes. the counterpart. Yeah. And we talked back in overtime about the writing for adults and here I think Like a Good Neighbor is my favorite episode of season one, partly because of that. It's a super concise cast. Well, that's for another reason. But in that final conversation or those final couple conversations, this series is a great test for me because I am an adult. And yet I still love listening to these episodes because not just because there's stuff for the parents, but because even the writing for the kids, I can see the foreshadowing of what the parents are going to have to experience and going to have to talk to their kids about later on. And when they get there, I am there with the parents saying, I generally try to make the best choices I can. And even the choice of telling the kids not to go to the grace, go to grace. That was a choice that they made after a a lot of thinking. And I assume a lot of prayer as well, but telling their kids that you were right. As far as the heart issue went, it's really great because now I can connect with these parents on a lot deeper level than I could before. And I really could before, but now I can see these are their struggles. This is their mentality. This is their parenting strategy. I really like it. I agree. So Justin on the news was an interesting clip. Do you remember what he said in that little clip that he actually ended up being the in the interview of? Um, but essentially he said that what matters is the little girl, mm-hmm. the victim, not all the other things that everyone wants to get uptight about. Yeah, what he says is it seems like the town is being really judgmental, and that's a theme all throughout because that's how they originally were toward, toward Grace. Mm-hmm. And Brooke also has a line where she's defending Grace, I think, in the final episode. And Haley says, wow, Brooke, you were so reluctant to visit her at first. 
and now you're so you're defending her. And it's interesting to see that change for like a lot of the kids, mm-hmm. uh, not just Brooke, but also Mike. Really, just Brooke and Mike. <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, yeah, the others are pretty pretty chill about it. The, the other ones are pretty chill, but it's cool to see that progression in only one season, mm-hmm. and to also get excited for the next season because now we've got an entire team of Morrisons who care about Grace and we get to see what's next. Hey, Michael and Ryan, it's Brendan. I wanted to thank you guys for starting the Return to Gilead podcast. It has rejuvenated my desire to listen to DGL. I hadn't listened to DGL in quite a while and it's been a great ride so far. I appreciate all the work you guys have put into putting out three podcasts a week. I know what a challenge that can be. It can be a challenge to get out one podcast a week. So I appreciate all the work you guys have done. Keep up the great work. God bless you guys. Aw, thank you so much, Brandon. That made my day. Yes, thank you. All the credit for getting three episodes out a week goes to Michael, (laughs) because all I do is record. He's the powerhouse editor over here. We also have some reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is awesome. Yeah, we do. The one is from Odyssey Fan, and uh, they say, great podcast, five stars, so thank you. Uh, they said, this podcast makes you want to start listening to Down Gilead Lane. Though I have listened to all 12 seasons of Down Gilead Lane and the special episodes, I still learn new things about the show. Woohoo, yeah. We also got one from Noah Bro WN. Uh, they say, another stellar podcast from Michael and Ryan. The content of the review says, another five-star review. So thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. As an avid Adventures in Odyssey fan, I was already subscribed to the Odyssey Scoopcast and AIO Audio News. I had heard of Down Gilead Lane, but it was only mentioned and never explained. When I saw that you guys had started a podcast for DGL, I immediately had to listen. And as always, I was delighted to hear the high-quality, insightful comments from Michael and Ryan. Of course, it's also your fault that I may have to bite the bullet and just buy the complete series on thumb drive. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) In conclusion, thank you for making my morning drives to class worthwhile. Oh, Uh, thank you. No problem. Uh, Apologies to your pocketbook. And yes, the the thumb drive is a great purchase because I'm assuming it's all of the digital versions of the episodes, which are all the extended versions. So it's possibly even better than buying all the CDs. So yeah, in fact, it, it fun will fact, be worth there your are money. Many epi- there, there are many episodes that if you buy the digital album, as I did, you get like 10, possibly 15 minutes more for it's some of 10. the episodes. I think the Whereas max- Michael, <laughs> <laughs> Michael did not. He bought CDs. No, CDs are and, great, and it's only like an average of four minutes every three episodes oh, that it? are missing. Okay. Yeah, and the longest one is 10 minutes in episode 10-10. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. Maybe nine, something like that. But one of those episodes later on has like 10 minutes chopped out of it on the CD. But all that to say, it's it's totally worth it to buy the whole series because this is a fantastic series. So It is. Thanks so much for the iTunes reviews. Thank you so much again to Brendan. And again, if you want to leave feedback, we'll tell you how to do that in just a second here. But yeah, that's the feedback segment. Outro! So that's the end of part one of our discussion of these three episodes. Ryan, uh, this is a really fun discussion we're having so far. I like how we're able to just bounce over the the couple episodes and bring up little pieces of information as we see fit. It's 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 different from the previous ones because before I'm kind of like, oh, this will come up. But now we can actually talk about it all in one go. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. So 
If you're wondering what the rest of our discussion is going to be about, well, the next one's going to be coming out on Friday, two days from now, and the final one will be released on Monday. If you subscribe to this podcast, Return to Gilead on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to anchor.fm slash return to Gilead to find us, you can be sure to hear the rest of that discussion when it comes out. Yeah, and if you want to leave us a voice message on anchor.fm, we'd love to hear what you thought of this episode, what you think about Down Gilead Lane in general, or if you want to just say hi. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We love saying hi to people. We're going to call it right there. I'm Michael. And I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be back next time to talk about part two of the season finale of Down Gilead Lane Season 1 on our return to Gilead. <laughs>